living a creative life is something that uh, I don't think it was a choice. It, it chose me, you know, and that's, that's just the way it is. That's today's guest, Casey Kaufman, career journalist, television reporter, and anchor who found her calling as an artist later in life. Having never picked up a paintbrush until exiting her TV news career, she's blossomed into an amazing and prolific artist whose work is in demand. It's all about storytelling, only now she uses paint and canvas. So Casey Kaufman joins me now from her, uh, I don't know if it's an estate or not, but let's call it your estate in, uh, is it Massachusetts, right? In Chestnut Hill, Massachusetts, right outside of Boston. Yes. Cool. And uh, Casey and I have a little bit of history. We worked together at a TV station in Philadelphia uh, 37 years ago. Sorry to bring up that number, but yeah, it's true. Uh, um, And WCAU at the time, it was the CBS owned station in Philadelphia. Now it's owned by NBC. But uh, Casey was a reporter, anchor, and I was an associate producer, later executive producer. And I think you, I left there in 91 and you left before that, I think, right? I was only there for two years. I was there from, uh, I think I left in 86 and I came back to Boston. Well, not back to, but I moved to Boston, worked for um, WBZ TV for 24 more years. Right, right. So you were, uh, you were on TV in Boston. That's kind of your, that's your hometown more or less up there, right? That market? It is now. It is 1986. Wow. And so, um, you know, some years have passed. And as I was just saying uh, to Casey before I started rolling here, I was noodling around on my Facebook feed for some reason. And somebody had posted a post of a post that had one of uh, a piece of art from somebody named Casey Kaufman. And I said, you know, how many Casey Kaufman's K-A-U-F-M-A-N could there be? And sure enough, it was you. And it was a beautiful painting. I forget which one it was. And then you followed that up with uh, the painting that was a a tribute to the Ukrainian women, which was just striking and inspiring. And I guess my first question is really a simple one. When did you start painting? And have you been painting since you were five? Or did you start that within the last few years? So I started four years ago, not even painting. I started sketching four years ago and now I'm an artist and I paint every day. I sell my work in calories online. It's insane. I never took an art class in my life. I'm, I am a self-taught artist. And you started four years ago. So that means you started, you know, uh, I'm just taking a wild guess that you're 60 ish. So you started in your, you know, in, you know, later, later in life, let's just say why, Mm -hmm. You know, you spent your life as a journalist telling stories with words and with pictures and on TV. Why was was art? Why was drawing? What drew you to to drawing? Huh, to, yeah. So I didn't mean to say that. It really, it's all about telling stories, right? So instead of using a video camera or the the spoken word, I use a different toolkit now, if you will. But it the answer is is more of a dreamy answer. I always just loved art. Um, I loved looking at it. I love going to galleries. I love going to museums. I love buying art, but I never felt like I had permission to make art mm. because I wasn't classically trained. That was, you know, in my head. And um, about four years ago, almost exactly. I went to a wedding in California Beautiful, beautiful place was in Carmel Valley, gorgeous inn, great art on the walls. I'm walking around with my husband. There's a studio of that artist. 
I walk in and I'm like, this is so beautiful. I love your work. She's painting. And I'm like, are you a classically trained artist? And, and she's like, no way. You know, like I'm a therapist. And I was like facing retirement. And I didn't want to golf. And so I took classes in intuitive art. And I'm like, whoa, my brain explodes. I go home. I can't stop thinking about it. I call her and I go, you know, do you think I could take an intuitive art class? Do you know anybody in Boston? She called me back. She gave me the name of this person um, to just cut to the chase. I am not cut out for intuitive art. I went one to put on music, gave me a paintbrush, said dance, dance. And I'm like, this is too weird Mm. for me. Um, And so I realized that what I was is somebody who might be an intuitive person, but preferred the fundamentals of art. And I started with drawing with fine charcoal. I learned how to learn to see. I then went into pastels, which I didn't like. And then about three and a half years ago, I started working in acrylic paint and I loved it and worked a little bit with oil, some mixed media, but, um, but that's basically how I got into it. You know, you said something that really that has uh, popped up in other interviews like this I've done with writers. You said you didn't think you had permission to do art or to be an artist. That's just so that rings so true with so many of the people I've interviewed who felt the same way about writing, for example. And even Devin Alana, the, the young woman who I interviewed in my last podcast, who discovered she could sing even though she never thought she could sing. Why Why is that? Why do we think we need permission to do, you know, to create and to just be who we think we are? I love Devin's story about, about singing at karaoke bar. I felt like, you know, it is a false narrative that you have to be classically trained what, to be an artist, what, whatever that means. I mean, and it it is just so unfortunate that we put that kind of like ridiculous barrier on ourselves. Hmm. Um, is it so untrue? And it's, um, you know, it's just ridiculous. When you, um, so I'm, as I, as I said before, I'm, I'm right now, for those of you out there listening who want to go interactive, if you go to CaseyKaufmanArt.com, Casey, it's spelled K-A-S-E-Y-K-A-U-F-M-A-N-A-R-T.com. You'll see yeah. a, a lot of Casey's work on here. And, um, I, I don't want to say that they all have something in common because each piece is different, but the piece that I'm always drawn to, as I told you before we started rolling, was this, the item uh, folks go to where it says paintings and then go to the one called Seascape. And the very first one is this one call, that she calls Red Sail at Night. This one was, you posted this on, on Instagram and got a lot of comments on it. I, I don't know if you ever sold this one or not, but this one keeps bringing me back because I guess the red sail just pops out and then it makes that little, that little reflection on the glassy ocean against that dark cyan sky. And it just, it starts making your imagination go, where, where did you paint this? And why did, was that a real boat that you saw out there to just make this up out of nowhere? So I, I love that you love that. And, and I have sold, I sold that one. I've also sold a number of other red sails um, mm. and some yellow sailboats. They do resonate with people. I think, um, it isn't really an accurate depiction of a sailboat. Um, my daughter just got engaged to a guy who is, who is a sailor and, you know, competes in sailing. And, you know, he would be the first to say that doesn't even really look like a sailboat, but it feels like a sailboat. Sure. And it's really the, the thought or the dream or the, you know, just, I don't know. I, I just 
love the architecture of that sale. I love the, the way the color works against the gray or the blue background. Um, it, it really does speak to me as well. And, and I'm glad that, that it spoke to you because I do love that piece. Yeah. I'm looking at your still lifes now and you've got quite a few here. You've got flowers and vases. I really loved you put one up. You did one of a paintbrush against this, this kind of yellowish orangey background. I said, okay, I can see why you picked that because it's a very textured kind of subject, you know, the little bristles, getting all those little ends must have taken forever of the, of the brush there. And what, what makes you pick, is there anything special that makes you pick a certain subject or do you just see something and say, Hmm, I'm going to do something with that. Well, I, I'm a daily painter. So I have this practice of daily painting. And when I started in the very beginning, I would just look at it as part of my creative journey that, you know, let me attack a paintbrush, you know, and just look at it, try to paint it. Um, that evolved into other still life. So the, the practice of daily painting is fantastic because it, it forces you to really learn how to look at things. It's like anything. I don't know if it's a 10,000 hour rule, but you're going to get better if you do something every day, whether yeah. it's yoga or playing a piano or doing a podcast. Um, and I think that for me, I don't go down to my studio necessarily with a plan. I have a bunch of canvases going at once um, and I, you know, I just sort of go back and forth sometimes. Sometimes it's a very linear experience and I just am like, okay, I'm going to do this. And I sit down and I do it. Other times it's, mm, I'm going to revisit this painting that I did two years ago or mm. paint over this painting or whatever it is. But, but I do think that the practice of, of daily painting is, is, you know, really the cornerstone of my particular, um, practice. And, you know, I, I don't really have like there is no method to the madness. I, I paint the kinds of things that I would want to hang in my house. Sure. And if you hang a lot of, you know, you're a daily painter, you're going to have a lot of stuff. Um, and I do have, you know, a studio in my home, which is awesome. And there was an open studio this past weekend and everything is set up like it's a little gallery and it's, I can move everything around and it's kind of a very cool thing. And it inspires me just being in the midst of it. I, I'm interested in saying that you paint things that you would want to look at and hang in your home. That's the way I write. I write things that I think I would want to read if I was a reader. And I'm really mm -hmm. not, you know, I've written six books and I'm, I, I hate to say it, but I'm really not a reader. So I try to write from the point of view of somebody, of somebody who, who reads kicking and screaming, you know, so I try to write. I try to write, you know, the, the way that I, I would want to read a book. Um, one of the common threads, one of the common threads in my other, many of the other interviews I've done mostly of uh, writers, but also of uh, the singer that we mentioned is uh, a lot of the inspiration of artists and creative people comes from pain in their lives, right? Some of the people I've interviewed, they were, they were bullied as kids. Some may have been abused. Some may have been lonely. You know, in, in Devin's case, she wrote some songs based on a relationship that went bad. I don't see any, uh, I don't see any sadness in your work. And based on, on what I know about you from the brief time we worked together, I always thought you were a pretty upbeat, positive person. You, you laughed a lot and you smiled a lot and you didn't seem to have a lot of tales of woe. And I'm guessing that that's still the case, right? I mean, you seem to, you paint from a place of positivity and happiness. Yes. I, I love it that you look at it that way. I think I do. I, I am, you know, I, I'm a very fortunate person. Um, so I don't have any tales of woe, except that 
there is a unifying feature here. Like if you look at my paintings and they are happy and they pop with color and I think joy, they are just a reaction in many ways to living under the Trump presidency. And every day I was just being bombarded with horrible stories, you know, the fragile nature of our own democracy. I would come down to the studio and I can lose myself in joy. I am... You know, I'm not drawn to painting dark and and, you know, intimate, you know, moments of angst and agita. I am about escaping that. So that's, you know, that's how it started. I started during that time. And and I think, you know, a lot of my paintings are inspired by kind of real and imagined scenes of um, where I grew up. I grew up in Vermont and then I moved to La Jolla, California. So I was on a lake and then I was on the ocean. And I love the beauty of nature and our environment is so fragile. So I do try to capture that. Um, But mostly I'm just drawn to, um, you know, expressing joy through color, I think. Like, you know, like. Go ahead. No, I I think that's sort of the deal. I was just going to say, it looks like that. I mean, the joy of color just jumps out in every one of these paintings here on your Vermont collection here. And this explains why uh, you have some Vermont inspiration since you're from there. You have a bunch of pictures of barns here and these, these little, maybe it's the same barn I'm looking at it in these little outhouses. Is that, Mm -hmm. is is that a specific memory for you or is that just something that you dreamed one night or what is it about this building? So I come back to that building a lot and I, I don't know. I mean, I think I dream in color sometimes and I wake up and I and I just sort of see like a combination of a, a magenta against a, a, some kind of a chartreuse tree that, mm. with an explosion of violet flowers. And um, it's not real. It's not unlike Wolf Kahn, a great artist who was drawn to Vermont landscape and used Technicolor to sort of express mm. it. Um no, they just kind of bring me a very peaceful feeling. Um, it, I, I was probably a year into painting, not even barns in Vermont. And I was in Stowe, Vermont, and I was in this gallery and we we're talking and the woman looked at my Instagram, which is at 365 pairs, which is maybe a better place in some ways to than my website because it's every day I'm, I'm feeding it. Okay. And she's like, I'd love to sell your stuff. And I'm like, what? I was like, are you kidding me? I, I was, I was nauseated. It was like, you n- sell it. Like I can't, I, I couldn't believe it. I, and it, that was like, you know, you talk about self doubt. Like it was like, you can't sell my, how can I sell my stuff? It's like, I'm not even really an artist. Yeah. But what, like, a great, no, no, you know. what a great feeling and what a great validation that somebody thinks so much of your stuff that they want to actually own it. Uh, you know, pass some, pass some of that Southbound in New Jersey here. Will you please? <laughs> it took me a while to get there. Honestly, it was like, Oh my God. God, it's like giving up. These are like my children. I can't give this up. And the woman's like, you can go and paint some more, honey. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, it's like what she's like, wait, hold on. What is up? And um, but yeah, so Vermont is very, very special to me. And so is Bermuda. There's a I have a big series of paintings um that are in Bermuda and mm-hmm. the the reflection of water, um, Southern California, a lot of um uh sort of seascapes and also swimming pools. Does your former life in broadcasting inform your art in any way whatsoever? I mean, you know what? Storytelling is storytelling. And, you know, you're only as good as like the the whole edit process. You know, I'd go to you and you'd be like, this sucks. Rework it. Right. You know, rework it, revise, edit, tweak, listen carefully for sound. 
the best soundbite, look closely in painting for the best composition. I think my um, days as a journalist definitely informs my painting um, mm. in that process, in that I'm layer by layer by layer. Um, I'm looking for the moment. I'm looking for the, you know, just the just that that shot that you know is going to sort of define the piece or in in this case like that brush stroke or that color um and yeah I, I think it it I think it definitely is part of who I am and and I and I do think it it continues to inform my work and I'm lucky that I had 30 years doing it I'm glad I'm not doing it anymore but you yeah, know tell me about it, was, it yeah I know I'm <laughs> not the same yeah, you know, and the beautiful thing about it, I finally left the business for real for good in 2007 and the beauty of that was I was able to turn the TV off. And mm-hmm. I was able to turn the news off. What is your preferred medium uh when you're painting? So my preferred medium is definitely acrylic. Um right. I'm a fast artist and if I had to wait for oil to dry, I'd be going out of my brain. Um I, and I'm also really a messy artist and I can clean it up and it's, there's no toxicity. Um, and you know, there's sort of this, I think, a um, maybe a myth that you have to be an oil painter to be a real artist, but you know, I, you look at Rothko, he used oils and acrylics and, um, you know, some of the great contemporary artists, love working with acrylic and i i just find that it reflects the light well and it's it dries super fast i can layer the hell out of it i just think it's beautiful so you said you paint multiple items at the same time uh, you've got different projects going on all at the same time i have a i i do i'm sort of non-linear in that sense and i and i kind of like that i'm kind of impatient maybe that's that is definitely the journalist right we're just our attention span is so yeah. limited mm-hmm. um so it is really nice to have a couple of things going um at once i have a very big commission that i'm starting where i, I probably have oh, 12 paintings that i'm doing for this um for this collector which is pretty amazing and um yeah so i i like kind of moving around and and seeing what i feel like doing on any given day you know, I love stories of people who survive the news industry because I, <laughs> I consider too. myself a survivor. Um, when I left, when I left TV for good, um, and it was the right time to do it, I decided that I wanted to cobble together a very creative life, and I, I wrote a screenplay that almost, like, it was one of those like unbelievable stories. It almost got made into a very big movie, but at the very last second, they pulled out because Disney had just signed. Um, to do a movie and it was a similar theme, a similar oh, subject. Yeah. And Pitch Perfect was um, that genre of film. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Mine was, mine was better than Pitch Perfect, but it, no, so sure that it was. was great. And then I had a production company. I did a ton of videos for colleges and universities. And I did a lot of videos for Berkeley College of Music. And mm. I love music. And so, yeah, um, yeah so I think uh, living a creative life is something that uh, I don't think it was a choice. It, it chose me, you know, and that's, that's just the way it is. I, I wish you nothing but continued success and beauty in your life. It looks like you have a lot of that going on. Uh, once again, my guest has been Casey Kaufman, a former TV reporter and anchor who has now uh, found a new life as a really great 
uh, productive uh, uh, artist. Uh, check out some of her work at CaseyKaufmanArt.com and your Instagram page, which is at 365 pairs, P-E-A-R-S. Cool. Thanks. And it was great to hook up with you again. And uh, yeah, thanks a bunch for having me on. Take care and be well. Great stories, great reads, great audiobooks. Visit TomKranzBooks.com for unique and compelling stories in paperback, ebook, and audiobook. That's Tom Kranz Books, T-O-M-K-R-A-N-Z Books.com. You deserve a great escape. The Earth is dying a slow death. The 5,000 people living on the moon are in trouble. Their paradise has become a cautionary tale of human weakness. We need a hero. Enter Rick Mack and the Planetary Commission to save the Earth, the moon, and themselves. Moon Rescue. Escape from the Dome by Tom Krantz. Now available in ebook, paperback, hardback, and audiobook. These are the questions explored in the podcast, Type Tune Tint. Tom Kranz chats with writers, musicians, and artists, most of whom found their talent by accident, late in life, or hiding under layers of denial. Subscribe to Type Tune Tint wherever you get your podcasts.